Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Chip Patterson, how you been, man? What were y'all fighting about? Well, I tend to agree with, uh, you know, did you see Scott Van Pelt's one big thing two nights ago about the net rankings? Oh, we lose Chip? Can you hear me? I got you. Did you see Scott Van Pelt's one big thing about the net rankings two nights ago? I did see uh, his one big thing, yeah. Okay, so, you know, Luke and I, I played it for him. I wanted his reaction. Um, you know, he starts talking about how, well, the Big 12's not really gaming anything. And, um, you know, a, a few things. Well, the math is the math. And, and I disagree. I, I'm more on the Steve Forbes side of things. Uh, when you look at it, it's not that I don't think that the ACC can do the same thing that the Big 12 is doing, and it's not that I think the Big 12 is doing something nefarious, but you know, when you look at the ACC being 9-3 and three against that presumed best conference in America, and you see what I think are some very obvious and obnoxious narratives um, about the ACC that don't really hold up, especially once you get to tournament time, I, I do have a problem with some of the system, and you know, I do fall in line with some of the coaches, and Luke and I got to yelling about the math being the math and you know everything else. Uh, what do you think about that particular on, on going conversation and controversy yeah um so i want you to put yourself in the shoes of wes miller all right someone your audience is very familiar with you are the head coach of cincinnati and you are taking the cincinnati bearcats into a conference that you know has objectively been one of the best if not the best conference in college basketball the nine and three record is significant but like the acc also at times has had a winning record against the sec we don't have an actual sober conversation where we're saying the ACC is a better league than the SEC, but that is the head-to-head record. So you're Wes Miller, and you know that when you are going through your Big 12 schedule, that means you are going to have to be playing the likes of uh, Kansas, which has won a national championship in recent years, Baylor, which has won a national championship in recent years, Houston, which has been a Final Four team. Of course, all of these are terrific coaches. And you start to see, well, well goodness, like where are we going to get the wins? And so the examples that have been shown are Cincinnati and Iowa State, which to me are head coaches that say, look, i just got to get my guys confident. So if you were one of these middle-of-the-road Big 12 teams about to face a conference schedule of many of the recent Final Four participants and national champions, then you might also schedule that way just so that you cannot demoralize your team by the middle of the season. So there is some side of this that's not nefarious. They're not gaming the net intentionally. Sure. I think there's a lot of cases where, especially we keep coming back to Big 12 teams doing that. And I'm like, gee, why do you think Big 12 teams are doing that? Because they're playing a schedule that from their coaches' eyes and from the, you know, the team's eyes is going to be riddled with losses. No, I hear you. But when you line it up, you know, the, the, AC, or the Big 12 has six teams in the net ranking top 50 that have a non-conference schedule of 250 or worse, and the ACC has zero, despite being 9-3, and three, or I'm sorry, and they're also 9-3 and three against that conference. Well, I don't think it means one definitive thing, but I do think it casts a lot of doubt on the reliability of the data that you're asking us to take as gospel. Well, how about this? Well, me, you, I think the target is on the wrong thing here. You, the silliness of it all, the thing that keeps me from getting too passionate about it is that based on the net numbers going into the game, when Wake Forest was playing Notre Dame, a Wake Forest loss to Notre Dame would be a quad three loss. They were at number 140. Then Notre Dame wins. They exceed the model's expectations. 
And by exceeding the model's expectations, the net and ranking improves. Voila, Wake, by losing, you have now given yourself another quad two loss. Like, the arbitrary cutoff lines and the significance that we put on results that can flirt back and forth night to night, that is silly to me. I think you should look at all of the data at the team sheet and be able to make some decisions on how these teams stack up against each other. I think too much obsession over the individual records in all the different quads is very silly because of how arbitrary it is, how fluid it is, and things like Wake Forest helping itself by losing to Notre Dame. Well, again, Chip, you know I think you're a smart guy. I really do. I guess when you're asking me when it comes to metrics and and you know the kind of equations and algorithms that go into this stuff, just to trust that you know, the folks that set it up know exactly what they're doing, and when the output doesn't really jive – well, you get the point. I don't want to belabor it. I want to move on to a couple of different things here. Um, Chip, the UNC Board of Governors, System Board of Governors, voted yesterday to give the system president and itself final authority over a school's ability to change athletic conferences. There was the Andrew Carter report from a couple of days ago that Carolina's been telling the SEC and the Big Ten that they're a package deal with NC State in any potential realignment. What do you make of this? How expected is this? And how do you think this changes what could happen moving forward? On the Board of Governors side of this, I think that this is, you know, like whatever happens is going to be landmark. And anyone with a leadership leadership position anywhere tied to this is going to exert every bit of leverage and influence that they have. Because in terms of college sports in the state of North Carolina, the upcoming wave of conference realignment, if it does involve North Carolina and or NC State, leaving the ACC, you know, founding members, you know, like always very much a part of that league's history intimately, um, it's, it's a land, it is a landmark decision. So not surprised at all that everyone with any bit of power, university system, board of governors, legislature, I mean, you, you, you name anyone with any kind of political power uh, that would be anywhere tied to this, they're going to make sure that they exert as much leverage as possible think the package deal thing is very interesting. Um, I remain uh, of the mindset that North Carolina is one of the most coveted of the ACC programs when it comes to the SEC and the Big Ten. And it has long been my uh, thought that North Carolina probably is not going to be the first team to break through the wall and leave the conference. But we'll see what happens um, with Florida State and the ACC because Getting this done now, uh, I don't think is uh, I, I don't think the timing. You know, go ahead and rushing to get everything lined up so you've got the process. Once invitations are extended, I think you can sort of see the end game being put together at all levels of power. I'm with you. Hey, real quick before I let you go, there's been a lot of Drake May chatter this week. Guys like Merrill Hodge and Kurt Bankert and you know one or two others going after him from an evaluation standpoint in the draft but i still get the sense that you know the majority uh you know loves drake as a prospect going into the nfl what are your thoughts um this is every single scouting card has positives and negatives and when you get tired of um looking for negatives you're nitpicking no i didn't hear merrill hodge's comments or kurt ben kurt's comments but what i know is that in this process of the draft evaluation, when you're throwing out all this nitpicking, talking about why they, you know, they shouldn't be ranked this high, like, like ask them if they would take Drake May 
uh, or Spencer Rattler. Honestly, like, what, how? Okay, if you're so down on Drake May, how far are you sliding down? How many quarterbacks would you take uh, over Drake May at this point? And I think that any sober-minded analysis says that he's no lower than three. You might like yourself, uh, Jane Daniels. You might be on that team that believes that Caleb Williams, you know, is the top pick. But in terms of being a prospect at the NFL level, uh, Drake May has shown too much and has too much for him to be thought of as anything less than uh, a top-tier quarterback. Always enjoy it, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Y'all be well.